podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted today to be joined by Stuart Ray and Callum McFadden. I say delighted, we're talking about Celtic to West Ham United 6, I know one of the three of us will be delighted and that's our West Ham correspondent, Stuart. Callum, uh, Twitter, it's a fantastic platform, um, I'm a heavy user of it as you probably know, but during the week I've seen a, a wee bit of feedback from someone saying that you know they like Axom and told Paul John Dykes is on it because he's so negative, uh, every time there's a positive he twists it into a negative. Do me a favour mate, could you give me a positive from a Celtic perspective because I'm struggling after that performance? After that performance, uh, I'm struggling for positives as well. I think the cliched, the only cliched thing I can say is for that maybe 15, 20 minutes spell in the first half, the manager could really pinpoint that and look look at that as a sort of blueprint. But that's really clutching its throws. Uh, defensively, we're in a bad place. We don't have a right back of real quality. As I've said, I think you need two right-backs. I don't think bringing one in fixes that problem because if that right-back you bring in gets injured, you're still relying on Ralston, which I actually feel sorry for him now. Um, I think it was noticeable that his head went down after after the, the sort of third goal in the first half, and I think he's a player who is very limited in what he can do. It's not his fault he's been put in the starting team by Celtic. You know, I think that just sums up where the club are at at the moment. And the left back situation, you need you, you, again. You need a starting left back. You could argue Taylor or Ball and Goalie, which one's going to be your backup? And then at centre half, Paul. I know we've been very um, uh, praising um, Stephen Welsh and, and and Young Murray. It's always a tough game uh, playing against someone like Antonio, as we talked about at half time. Uh, West Ham made their changes. They they then go on and scored a couple more. The goalkeeping situation is is beyond the shambles. I talk, I spoke off air at half time that the thing that frustrates me greatly is 
as a Celtic fan, you the only real comparison you've got at the moment is Fraser Forster. And I know people in the comments will be saying, stop harking back to Forster, he's not coming back, etc., etc. But he was the last goalkeeper before Barkas was brought in. So it's hard not to draw that comparison. The second goal, uh, I, I know I, I always say you shouldn't judge things in freeze frames because full speed tells you normally the full picture. But when you look at the freeze frame of that second goal, Antonio had basically the full goal to aim for and, and I think Bain, when he came on, not much better. Hazard, we, we've, we've seen what he can do last season, still a young, youngish goalkeeper, but I don't think he's got what it takes to be Celtic number one. So in terms of the five at the back, goalkeeper and defence, it's, it's something that needs addressed ASAP. Will it be addressed as soon as possible? I, I think some positions will, but... Unfortunately, I think you're heading into the season with Barkas or Bain starting in goal, which which puts shivers down my spine because both of them aren't good enough to be Celtic's number one goalkeeper. I think we knew that last season. You think a new manager will give him another opportunity. Maybe he'll be able to get something out of them, but there's nothing that I've seen in the game so far that, that makes me think there's going to be confidence. A, a defence is going to have confidence in any goalkeeper behind them that we've got at the club at the moment. You're talking there about confidence. I mean, you bring in young uh, Dean Murray. He's been thrown in. He had to play today. He has to try and build some kind of understanding with Wales for Wednesday night. Yet, as you say, behind you, you've got someone who's not even doing the basics right, Callum. And I used the example of the Ferran Varos goal last season. It was almost a carbon copy in terms of his positional or lack of positional play, you know, in facing the striker. Um, I'm going to dip into the comments because it's always important to have a look at the reaction that we get from uh, our audience on YouTube, Facebook, on Twitter. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. We have loads of prizes. You'll go into a monthly prize draw to win one of those. You might not feel as though um, it would be a good thing to win a signed Celtic item, but there are plenty of Celtic items in the draw. Uh, first of all, I think uh, quite a lot of people are thinking the same as Michael. Yikes! Michael Fairner commenting on YouTube. Joe Porter, what was the point in that? Interestingly enough, um, Chris M comes in, a very sobering result, but educational as it has fully exposed our weaknesses and flaws. Now the board must act alongside Ange to rectify the obvious problems over to you, Dom. That's, that's perhaps the only positive we can take, Callum. The fact that, um, you know, you get a, a, a result the other night where there's a little bit of positivity creeping into the conversations on Axom and potentially elsewhere. But then a reminder, actually, you really need to rebuild from the back. I mean, I've been impressed with Abad. I was impressed in the first half with him. Um, and hopefully some of the other signings that are coming in will, will impress us uh, equally. But when you're watching that yourself, Stuart, uh, you said it was like two teams. Uh, when Celtic are attacking, there's a lot to be impressed by. But when they're defending, they really are awful, aren't they? Yeah, uh, it was poor. Um, and I must say West Ham I think look fit they look sharp uh, very impressed with them but it, you, you can't put it all to West Ham that is really bad defending for the majority of the goals which is a shame because going forward you looked at times fantastic in my opinion um, yeah Abada was fantastic he's so direct uh, really caused Cresswell a lot of problems so it's something that I think the new manager is going to have to think about. 
um, you really need to start getting options there. Mm. No, you're 100% right. I, I think there was a number of uh, substitutions. And uh, when Urugiri came on, Callum, I was thinking back to some of the pre-season games. Um, also at halftime, obviously bringing Bain on. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, is there any doubt in Angie's mind who is his number one? Uh, what do you make of that yourself? Is it just a case of continually trying to get minutes in the legs, resting some of the players for Wednesday night, or is he still a bit unsure? Because, you know, as I said at the beginning of the the uh, the first bulletin today, that was my starting lineup. You know, the, the team that we played on Tuesday, I felt was our strongest lineup. Do you think there's any doubts creeping into Angie's mind after today? Unfortunately, Paul, I just don't think he's a choice. Come 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 midweek, I think that team that started the game today will be the team that goes out on in, in midweek because there aren't any real alternatives. I mean, you look at the goalkeeping situation as we've talked about, Bain, Barkas, Hazard, none of them instill any great deal of confidence. If you don't play Ralston at right back, well, maybe Rigiri, maybe you could throw him in, but again, a lot of people think he's maybe more of a natural centre-back than, than he is a right-back. Welsh and Murray, as I say, because Beaton suspended and there aren't, and Starfield's not going to arrive again. They're probably going to be the centre half pairing, and then at left back, a toss up between Taylor and and Ball and goalie. It, it, there's no real, there's no real change there, in my opinion. I think if you change Taylor for Ball and goalie, I don't think you're getting a massive upgrade. I think the goalkeeping situation's the same. The centre halves are the same, and the right back situation's the same. I think the, the the problem that Ange has, and he'll be, I'd imagine he'll be a very frustrated man after today because he's thinking to himself. Come midweek, I, I really can't. There's nothing that I can really do to to really change anything in a great in a great way. Obviously, he can work on the training field. He can maybe um, he can maybe set up to be slightly more defensive. Maybe play two holders rather than just Sorrow in there. But at the same time, he, everything that he said and everything that he's he believes in tends to be he'll attack. As you said at the start of the show, Paul, I'll attack if we if we score four then we'll win the game even if we concede three. So I think he will I don't think he'll change or will in his approach. I think he will he will he'll stick to, to what he's got at the moment. And to be honest with you, we all said this before the Mitchelland first leg and I think it's the same, especially after today. If we lose to Mitchelland to go out the Champions League at this stage, it's on the board. It's not on him. It doesn't mean it's a free hit and he can just be quite pedantic towards it. Of course he will try and win the game and do all that he can, but today has shown the board have got a lot to answer for rather than the manager, in my opinion. There's only so much you can do. If you gave that current squad to an, an elite manager who is, is, is renowned across the world, I don't, I don't really think you'd be seeing an awful lot of difference. You'd be seeing great attacking play, probably. But with that defence, it's like it's like boxing with a hand tied behind your back. It's, 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 it's abysmal. It's absolutely abysmal. Yeah, I mean, his first competitive game was on the 40th day uh, in the position. So within the 40 days, when you consider that Celtic have run down the squad to such a degree that, you know, Ralston is the first choice right back. We are playing with Beaton out of position yet again for a European game. 100% that's on the board, Callum. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that some leeway will be given to Ange Postecoglou with that in mind. Uh, but you're right, this hasn't just happened because of a couple of bad transfer windows last season. It's much deeper than that. It's been allowed to fester for a long, long time. Then if you lose a bit of quality uh, and it's not been replaced over three, four, five transfer windows, then you're in trouble. That's where we are at the moment. That's where we find ourselves. Now, 
this is something we actually discussed uh, during that first half um, and throughout the game, Stuart, is that we're, we're focused, obviously, on the European game. Celtic's first domestic encounter will be at Tynecastle on the 31st of this month. Now, Andrew comes in, Andrew Thomas O'Connell comes in on Facebook, a bit worried for the league games after that performance. Now, we've seen a couple of impressive results for Hibs and Aberdeen during the week in Europe. Stuart, are Celtic standing still whereas Aberdeen and Hibs are either getting that wee bit better or quite a bit better? Is that something to be concerned about? I think from a Celtic point of view it is. Hibs are improving, Aberdeen are improving. Um, Hearts are going to come back in the league and let's be honest, they've got a point to prove. And there's no real improvements, especially defensively, you look worse than last season and it was already bad so it's it's a worrying time uh, and it's something that needs to they can't allow to take too long to sort this out because uh, as soon as you go into the league then you need to be getting results see this is again it's a concern and that yeah we realize it's a rebuild um Callum, you know, it's so woefully uh, obvious that, you know, the ineptitude of that defence is, is a rebuild. Uh, you know, you could probably buy one, if not two, uh, in each position. And that's how big a rebuild it is. Uh, I come from a generation, I'm not harking back, Celtic Da territory here. Here's the Clarkson Celtic Da territory. Uh, but I'm, I'm harking back to a time where domestically, often Celtic weren't the second best, never mind the best team in Scotland. That kind of situation, that kind of predicament, Callum, will not be tolerated in this day and age. Um, I can just imagine one, two months into the season uh, when that patience, when that leeway would actually run out because, you know, we know that it's been a, a long uh, ongoing issue that's created where we are just now, this situation that we're in just now, but eventually that will turn on the manager because this is Celtic after all. It will, and, and that's why the start to the season domestically has to be relatively strong. I think there will be an element of patience that is there for a period of time. We've talked about the Michelin situation, it's on the board, it's not on the manager. As I've said, it doesn't mean he gets a free pass and, and he can just be blasé towards the match. He has to obviously be be taking it seriously as he, as he has to take every competitive game that Celtic are, are going to play. And a few of the comments coming in are talking about today being a pre-season and don't overreact. Conceding six goals at home, whether it's pre-season or not, is an alarming sign. I know some of the younger players obviously started the game and then a fair few younger players came on in the second half who haven't played as many first-team games as even the likes of Murray. Um, so I think it's it's concerning. And and, and the reason I think it, you have to be concerned, especially even for the start of the league, is Starfield has been signed. He's, he's having to isolate and then he'll come in. Centre-halves, uh, even with a striker, if you're coming in in one of those key positions and you're expected to hit the ground running from, from game one. That's a lot of pressure for some players. Now, he's 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 mid-20s. He's, he's got experience of playing in Sweden. He's got experience of playing in Russia. He's been around the block, so that fills me with a bit more confidence for him coming in. But the only issue that's going to come of this now is any of the players that are brought in in any of these key positions, they are under pressure from training session one, never mind game one, because... Even even Furuhashi, for instance, coming from Japanese football, that that's something that you think could take a bit of time to settle. But as you've rightly said, Paul, that there isn't time to settle and these players need to come in and need to start well because one of the elements that hasn't been spoken about maybe an awful lot is the fact that although Ange comes from an English-speaking country, in Scotland in the past, there has been 
a sort of attitude towards a coach who comes from a different part of the world that they don't get the same level of patience as other coaches. The last big example being uh, Alessio at Kilmarnock. He's sitting fifth, gets sacked, gets rubbish, they go down and then people are still blaming him, even though he left nearly two years ago. So the thing for Postacoglu is he needs to start well because within six or seven weeks, it might not necessarily be coming from a majority of the Celtic fan base, but I just think the atmosphere around covering Celtic could be quite toxic and that's where you need Ange to continue to be as strong and forthright as he has been so far. You need Dominic Mackay to show the patience and and back his man 100% and not get edgy and, and think, right, maybe I need to make a change and maybe I need to appease things. It's something that is going to take time, but a good start is needed regardless because you need to have at least at least some level of momentum to convince people that longer term you're in the right hands. Yeah, again, there's going to be a big Celtic da klaxon, but I do th- remember back to uh, a time back in 94, I was just checking the date, December 94, where I was meant to be getting the bus down to Liverpool for the Ian Ross testimonial, and I was delighted uh, after the event to have missed the lift down to Liverpool because I missed a 6 nothing drubbing um, in the Ian Ross testimonial column, and um, I can't remember uh, a friendly or a testimonial game in which we have been beaten by such a margin or, or shipped so many goals until today uh, and uh, you know against English opposition but the Celtic team that day Bonner Boyd McNally Mowbray O'Neill McKinley Grant Galloway Faulkner Donnelly and uh, Nicholas so I'm not comparing the two teams but uh, that's where we were then and I'm slightly concerned now uh, that our team is particularly weak going into the new season and I know that there is still some time between now and the end of the, the month but but uh, when you are isolating, when players are isolating, you know, you really need to get them in ASAP. Donny Boy comes in. I'm all for playing youngsters, but youngsters who are ready, some of your kids ain't near it, unfortunately. My biggest concern with that one, Stuart, is you put in the young kids. Now, some of them have looked really good against maybe lesser opposition, against Sheffield Wednesday, against Charlton, Bristol City. This is a different challenge today. You really are up against top, top class opposition. Um, you know, a club who done so well last season in English football. Um, the calibre of striker you're up against, for example, is a completely different um, standard altogether. I don't like when a youngster goes in and gets a torrid time of it because confidence-wise, it's going to do them no favours uh, whatsoever. But we were kind of forced to throw them in. And the other thing I'd like to say is um, about youngsters is you've got a guy coming on for West Ham um, giving you a wee glimpse of what might have happened had you given somebody the chance and Ocoflex comes on and scores a goal um, should there be any concerns about some of the young guys going out there and getting an absolute roasting or is it just part of building that experience that's required No it's definitely a learning curve it, it's not all bad uh, they need to get used to playing against these types of players I mean Celtic are a team that are always going to be in Europe and you're going to come up against big players, and it's not the sort of players that you're going to find in Scotland. So they need to start getting used to that, and the quicker they do, it is going to be the better for their career. 
Now, I've got a wee comment coming in. Uh, thanks, Charles Sweeney. Great to see you getting involved uh, on YouTube. Who's the guests? Um, maybe I didn't uh, elaborate on that. Have you never watched the, the pre-match? Um, down the bottom here, we've got Callum McFadden. Callum set up uh, uh, football CFB, which over the last 18 months to two years went from strength to strength. One of the biggest podcasts coming out. Uh, Scottish football, really. And it's not just Scottish football, Callum. You've interviewed people from all over. Um, so Callum is welcome on a Celtic State of Mind and uh, you will be back during the season on a more regular basis I'm hoping and uh, to my as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more Right, um, is Stuart Ray. Stuart is our West Ham correspondent for today. Uh, inherited a love of West Ham from his dad. Uh, but he is a local and you will be hearing more of Stuart on one of our other channels throughout the season as well. Unless, of course, we play West Ham again and we'll get you back on. Um, so that's who we have on today. We were also hoping to get uh, Kevin Graham in. And you've just reminded me, Charles, so thanks very much for that. I'm going to invite him in to see if his Wi-Fi is any better now that he's actually left the stadium. And maybe Kevin can give us uh, some kind of perspective on what it was like to be in the stadium today. This actually ties into my next point because there's no point in trying to ignore it. Uh, Maravchik comes in, Maravchik25, who um, gets involved in the broadcast on a regular basis. So thanks for that. You do that on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. Big prizes coming your way from Axom. Um, Dom has to remove Lee Griffiths this week, says Maravchik. And just trying to climb a mountain towing a caravan, the atmosphere completely killed the team morale in the second half. Now, there's no point in ignoring it, Callum. Uh, substitution was made, Lee Griffiths came on, mixed reaction, you could hear some boos, that's why it would be good to hear Kevin Graham coming in because he was in the stadium. Um, and that is the kind of reaction Lee Griffiths got today, every time he got the ball, every time he took a corner kick. Where are you on the Lee Griffiths situation, Callum McFadden? Uh, being totally honest, I was stunned that the club decided to give him a new contract and that's before any of the, the sort of um, incidents off the park had maybe came to light. I just think Griffiths, in my opinion, should have moved on um, to try and get his career back on track because his career hasn't been in any great state over the last two years. Now, last season, it wasn't just Lee Griffiths, it was poor at Celtic. It's important to point that out. I personally get frustrated when people talk about him scoring 40 goals in one season because it was touching on five years ago. I think that's a sort of dangerous timescale to look back on. It's very easy to to, to maybe romanticise about a, a time that was really good for a particular player when it was such a long time ago. There's no doubt in Lee Griffiths is a, is, is, a, is a player who can who can score goals. Even last season at times, um, he came on Aberdeen, he, get, he gets a goal. I just think the atmosphere around him, Paul, in all, in all honesty, I just think it... It's a, it's a sideshow that Ange Postacoglu doesn't need. Uh, Maravchik's hinted at it there. It's a sideshow that Dominic Mackay really doesn't need and the club doesn't need. Um, for Lee Griffiths, if he was to go on a blister and run a form and score 10 goals in 10 games, there still will be an element of fans that won't accept that because of situations that, that have went on. Maybe the majority would get behind him then, but being brutally honest, do you see Lee Griffiths going on a run of scoring 10 goals in a trot or making a difference week in, week out consistently. I, I just think that time has been and gone. Um, I think the club should have moved them on. A lot of people are talking about the fact that this contract is a reduction in, in basic wage and maybe more incentivised. 
even at that, I still think it was time to move him on. I think mm. you, if, uh, you've got Edward there. If you can keep Edward great, I'd be looking to bring in another striker, even if Edward was staying, in all honesty. And as I say, for me, I would have moved Lee Griffiths on. That's just my personal opinion. I just think that his best days are, are, are absolutely behind him, in my opinion. Well, it was the point of many debates uh, on a Celtic state of mind, Callum. I uh, can't deny that I was in the, the camp of under the circumstances, give him a contract. Um, and I was criticised for that, obviously. I mean, you know, people with hindsight are now criticising me, but after the event, after the event of the last couple of weeks, um, I, I was of the view that, you know, his Celtic career is over, you know. Um, and I think Celtic do need to strengthen up front. That's one of the, the areas that, even as you say, if we keep Edward for slightly longer than than we expect, then we still need to bring in a strike. I'm going to ask my man to the right here, Stuart, who got a good knowledge of Hibs, because um, I've heard uh, many, many people talking about Kevin Nisbet. He started off this season again like he finished the last one. You know, he's playing at the Euros. He, he, he's one of these players that I was aware of because he played for Dunfermline. Got a lot of friends who are Dunfermline fans. They were telling me about this kid Nisbet who had been scoring goals for fun at Wraith Rovers uh, and Fife spoke to some people who knew him as a younger player said didn't think he could make the step up to Celtic what's your thoughts on Kevin Nisbet? I think he could definitely make the step up 100% uh, he gets you goals but as well he, he contributes to other goals he's got assists in him as well um, That's and that's what you need that's what you need to Go to that next step. You can score goals all you want, but as soon as you stop scoring, if you don't have the creative play to create other goals, then you're going to become out of favour. It was a worrying time towards the end of the season when it looked like he was what an out. He his sort of head had gone, but no, he's been a great player at Hibs, and I, I do think he would be a good asset in your Celtic team. Now, Zinko, again, Zinko comes in on a regular basis on YouTube. Um, now, there seems to be uh, a conversation going on in the comments field. Again, it's refreshed. I'm guessing that someone was criticising Celtic fans for booing Liga for Zinko says, I'd have booed him if I was there. Does that make me uh, not a Celtic fan? Listen, I've been to Celtic games, uh, and I was uh, saying to Stuart earlier, because I mentioned uh, over five decades, there's another klaxon, because I bring that up all the time, Callum, you're laughing, but it's true. Uh, and I've, I've seen certain Celtic players getting booed. I mean, that's that's part and parcel with the game. You pay your money, you have your, your opinion. If it's out of order, I'm sure the fans kind of self-police themselves, don't they? they, they uh, they'll call you out on it if it's out of order. Um, he was getting a bit of stick, and it makes me wonder, as you say, it's a sideshow, Ange doesn't need um, I think the club have shown a load of faith in Lee Griffiths I mean you, you know when he was coming back into the side um, when we were going for nine in a row and he was you know making his substitute appearances every time he got out that dugout and he'd done his uh, his warm up the fans were on their feet they were cheering him they were behind him uh, they were supportive of Lee Griffiths due to the fact that he'd gone through a lot of personal issues Callum even though um, you know that meant that he wasn't very effective as a player he got back into the team got back into the side and a lot of Celtic fans reckon myself included that it was his partnership with Edward that turned their season around after that defeat against Rangers at Celtic Park uh, in the December um, you know the last game a lot of Celtic fans were at was the St Mirren 5 nothing game he scores a hat-trick um, and then everything else has happened but Lee Griffiths for non-footballing matters has been a discussion point for Celtic and Celtic fans for two pre-seasons in a row 
He was left at home when we went for our pre-season trip to France last season and he was sent home when we were in the Welsh camp for different reasons. But it is a sideshow, Callum. So it's something that, you know, even you know, prior to today's game, they should have considered. But after the reaction of the Celtic fans today, they're going to have to reconsider where we are with uh, Lee Griffiths. What's your take on Kevin Nisbet, Callum? I know you're a, a scholar of Scottish football. Have you been impressed with him? I have been impressed with him. Um, I was impressed with how he adapted last season. I watched him when he was at Dunfermline. Um, he scored a cracking free kick at Capolo, actually. Um, but he's, he, he really impressed me in terms of see how quickly he was able to settle into that Hibs team. Um, obviously, he managed to get into the, the Scotland squad for the Euros as well, which was a remarkable sort of turnaround from where he was in the Championship in Scotland to going to a major tournament. He, he's, he's a goal scorer. Um, the, the only thing that uh, I would question would be potentially his all-round game. Uh, is his all-round game good enough to come into the Celtic side and be a starter week in, week out? If you were asking me honestly, Paul, if Edward was to leave, would I bring in Nisbet and would he be my main man up top? I don't think I'd be confident in, in that at this stage. Um, as I say, I think he is a very good footballer. He's still developing. He's had one season in the top flight of Scottish football. So I think coming into Celtic and being the main striking after one season in the top flight would be would be a lot of pressure on most people, never mind someone, as I say, with that relative inexperience at the top level. So he's a player of rate. I think, as I say, I think he is a, an, an exceptional finisher. But I just think it would be too early for him to be the main man at Celtic. Um, up up top but as I say you just never know some players just need that opportunity and they go in and they flourish I mean the, the, the cliched example I suppose from down in England is Jamie Vardy a guy who goes from non-league straight into the English Championship and then is able to continue it maybe someone like Nisbet just needs that faith put in him he's going to be playing with better players who are creating more chances and maybe he can rise um, and, and, and adapt very quickly but I just think it would be asking an awful lot of him at this stage to be Celtic's main striker Mm. Jungle Lion, uh, a long-time viewer of a Celtic state of mind. Welcome back. You are commenting on Periscope. What's the point of European football if the board don't invest it back into the team? That's true, you know. And um, time and time again, we're going to European campaigns uh, totally underprepared. What do you expect when the gaffer's been in the job 40 days, uh, you know, on the day that we play our first European game? It's, it really is ludicrous that we keep making the same mistakes time and time again. But my big concern, this time round is actually whether or not we're prepared domestically because I look at that team um, and I think to myself you know we're not any great shakes yeah we look pretty good going going forward um, Stuart when, when you look from a Hibs perspective let's say you look at that team is there anything to be scared of I mean you were quite impressed with the offensive play I get that but you look at that Celtic team and you must think as an opposition manager they can be got at I mean we're weaker at the back this season than we were last season yeah, you definitely, I think it might actually come to a point where you're going to play Celtic and you're expecting to score goals, which is not what you would usually have. Uh, I think there's a lot of teams that have got a lot of quality going forward this season in the league and that's going to be really dangerous against this sort of young and, and experienced defence. I just think along the, the four, it's not good enough. Um, especially when you're coming into a tough season, Rangers are champions, uh, you, you, you needed a big rebuild, but you need quality at the back. And I think we do speak a lot about, obviously Ange wants to play football, he wants to play out, 
but you need to be able to defend. Mm-hmm. You, you, first of all, you need to be able to defend. You need clean sheets, and you don't look like you have defenders that are ready to defend. You know, um, there was an interview after the, the Michelin game where, you know, Andrew was... I like his, his forthright nature, Callum. He comes across really well, straight to the point doesn't seem to suffer fools uh, by what he says, but he was talking about just look at the amount of personnel who have left the playing side of this football club. He says, you know, I don't expect to get 10 players, but look at how many players have left Celtic. And uh, AJ SC Technology Videos comes in to say, okay, we still need four defenders, a goalie, a midfielder and two strikers. Now, you might disagree with the, you know, the permutation of positions, etc. Where in the, 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 the park we actually need to strengthen. But there's eight. Now, I don't think he's far wrong. If you look at the wider squad, we need to strengthen to that level. Half a dozen players, seven or eight players, we're not going to do it before the 31st of July, especially when they're not all going to be domestic signings, so there's going to be issues with isolation, etc. Um, and I just think you get off to the worst possible start, Callum. European uh, football becomes a distant memory, pretty sharpish, and it, and, it, and it becomes about the domestic the domestic game. But I'm looking at three clubs, at least, who seem to have all the ducks in a line uh, and they seem to be organised and, and already firing on more cylinders than Celtic what do you think in this season is a realistic target because I always remember you know when Brennan Rodgers came in and he, he was speaking about short term long term targets and he set these targets up for the players and they had a, a clear vision of what was expected of their campaign. We went on to win an invincible treble. I don't think that's a target this season. What is a realistic target for you as a Celtic fan, Cal? The minimum expectation has to be a serious challenge for the league title. It has to be the minimum expectation. Even if there is a settling in period, which there absolutely will be, no Celtic manager can come into the job and just say, for the first year, we'll just... We'll just settle in and, and, and trust me, in a year's time, we'll be ready to go. No one's going to get that level of time. Um, I think there has to be a serious challenge. Um, I think Celtic should sign four or five players and should be able to make a serious challenge. If you're asking me about expectations, maybe in the cup competitions and in European competition, I think if you look at it over the piece, I think the the serious challenge for the league has to be an absolute priority this year because of what's on offer if you win the title. If you go, if you, if you win the title this year, you're going straight into those Champions League group stages. That used to be worth, what, £12, £16 million. Pounds. I think it's closer to £40 million pounds that that's worth now. That's the that's the sort of level of investment that Celtic cannot afford to miss out on. And, 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 and you're right with the comments earlier, Paul. How can you be serious about European football if you're not investing in the squad? And, and that is a fair argument, but they simply have to make sure that they do everything in their power to win the title this year and get that guaranteed Champions League money and Champions League football. Because when you get that, a manager like Postacoglu will have more money, you would hope more money at his disposal, and then would be proven to maybe some of the doubters, maybe some of the players that he wants to recruit that maybe aren't sure because they haven't heard of him or they're hearing the phrase rebuild the same as we are as fans and they're maybe thinking, I want to join Celtic, maybe not at this moment. So it has to be a successful season where... Come the end of it, there's players wanting to come and play for him, wanting to get involved in Celtic going forward. And maybe rather than looking at it as a rebuild and saying, do you know, I would love to go there, but I'm going to steer clear of it just now and maybe look at it again in 12 months. So for me, a serious challenge for the title is an absolute minimum. I think Postacoglu has helped with the restructure of European football this season. I think it it's 
very hard to miss out in European football altogether when you consider the Europa League's on, on offer, the, the, the new Conference League's on offer. Of course, a minimum, I would say there, you would want Celtic to at least be in the Europa League. I think it would be a miracle to get into the Champions League given the, the state of affairs at the moment. PSV absolutely hammered Galatasaray. It looks as if even if you beat Michelin, they're waiting in the wings. They're an effective football club who who are always portering around that Champions League, Europa League level. So, Champions League's going to be a miracle, I think, to get in. Europa League has to be a strong expectation. And I think if we beat Michelin, we'll pretty much get a foot in the door there. So I think, as I say, from a domestic point of view, it has to be a serious challenge for the league title and looking to win that, especially with the rewards and offer. And in a European sense, you have to be looking at least Europa League because even in this current state of affairs, I don't think you want to be dropping into that Conference League. Absolutely. Um, Callum, it's been a pleasure to have you back on. Uh, you came on to a Celtic State of Mind in the early days, probably not quite a year ago, because we, you know, we haven't been broadcasting live uh, for a year quite yet, but it was in the early days. And you also joined us for the charity weekender in December. Uh, we're going for an award as a result of that for the uh, Football Content Awards. You'll see on the right-hand side, we've been involved uh, a couple of times in there. So we'll show you uh, on pinned tweets and on the Facebook and et cetera, et cetera, how to vote, get behind Axon. Because I think the big thing there is that the vast majority of that cash was raised by Celtic fans and by a number of Celtic podcasts coming together uh, around 20 different platforms all came together to raise 27K, which was incredible at that time of the year. Uh, Christmas time for four very needy causes so check all our socials out because we'll give you all the details on there get behind us and it would be great to to you know lift that trophy on behalf of all the Celtic fans who contributed and the podcasts who contributed as well not just a Celtic state of mind um, and also Stuart brilliant great debut on a Celtic state of mind if we play West Ham again you're more than welcome but um, you will be featuring on other ch- other shows within the, the State of Mind channel. So if you haven't done so already, get subscribing on YouTube. We are growing the channel on a daily basis. And just by subscribing, you'll be put into a free prize draw every single month. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved on the socials. Thank you to Stuart Ray and to Callum McFadden for joining me once again on a Celtic State of Mind. Pleasure. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. 
People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. Network.